The Edge of the World Art Studio is proud to present Helen of the Iron Horse, written by Paris Danielle Lee. Artwork by Helen Rachel Lee. Music by Fish Zombie the Onions. And special thanks to Spooky the Cat for her contributions, fuzzy as they might be. Chapter 76 Punch Drunk 1883, January 20th, Denver, Colorado You're the Denver City boxing champion, Paris said in amazement as he rubbed his chest where she had kicked him. I didn't know Denver City actually had a boxing champion. Where the fuck have you been for the last month? She smiled as she watched Philocedes and Cassandra silently pull their weapons and press their guns up against the backs of the men holding Lewis. They immediately let him go and raised their hands in surrender. I mean, for the love of God, what does it take for a girl to get a decent fight in this town? You don't want to fight me, little girl. Oh, but I do. I really do. In fact, I won't even charge you for the first match if we do it now. Charge me? Oh, yeah. If you want to fight me in the ring... We have to get posters, hire ushers, move the stage, set up the barn. There are expenses. If you want to face me in a legitimate match with a referee and everything, then you're going to have to cover some of those expenses. Paris smiled to herself. She knew William had sent him, and William had deep pockets. But don't worry. All we're asking for you to do is put up half the prize money. $100. That means the pot is $200. And if you were fighting anyone else... You may have had a chance to win that, so you'd pay nothing in the end. But of course, you're fighting me, so I wouldn't count on taking anything home. You arrogant horsefly. I'm not some drunk brawler. I'm not some untrained, untalented sheriff who thinks he knows what he's doing. I am a fucking professional. I know! That's why I'm so excited. That's why I'm not going to charge you if you have the courage to stand up to me tonight. Paris turned to the people watching surrounding them. If everyone will back up a bit, we'll get right back to the dance after I knock this guy on his ass. She removed her coat and handed it to Thalia behind her. She jumped up and down a little and began to pace back and forth, swinging her arms in little circles. There isn't going to be another match, the man said as he took his coat off and dropped it on the floor. Because for you, there isn't going to be a tomorrow. He took a boxing stance. Fists up, elbows at his sides, slightly hunched over. Paris smiled. She put her fists up and her elbows at her sides, mimicking his stance. But she kept moving back and forth as he approached her. He swung at her, and she dodged it. She hit him back, punching him twice in the stomach lightly, hiding her true strength. He swung again in a large arc. She easily sidestepped that and hit him in the jaw, again, pulling her punch so that it had little power behind it. She let him press forward as she circled around, still holding her boxing stance. He jabbed at her. This was what she was waiting for. He jabbed again, and she let it hit her guard, staggering more than necessary at the blow. He followed up with a large swing, but she dodged it, and he went back to the jabs. He was keeping himself well guarded, and she looked for an opening as she circled around, staying out of his reach. He advanced towards her. Not what you thought. Is it, little girl? Might as well stand still and maybe I'll take mercy on you, only beat you half to death. He sneered. Paris stopped, 
dropped her stance and told him, You do know that you have a little bit of lettuce stuck in your teeth, just about here. He looked confused for a moment. Paris took the opportunity to jump forward and punch him in the nose. He staggered back, surprised by the unexpected attack. She knew what she had to do next, and she wasn't looking forward to it. He reared back his fist, and with all his strength he swung. Paris saw the punch coming, and could easily dodge it. But for her plan to work, she had to take a blow. To her, it was like she had to wait for the train to arrive. But when it got there, she knew she wasn't going to like it. The punch hit her on the side of the head. She moved with it, doing her best to minimize the damage, as she let it throw her to the ground. Still, she felt it. She looked up from the ground, and the first eyes she met were Florence's. She remembered what Florence had said. She wanted to feel the pain. Florence smiled at her. Paris got up, shook her head, regaining her composure. Thalia found Penthesilia in the crowd and begged her. Celia, please, you have to stop this. She was still holding Paris's coat. Don't worry, she's doing fine. She's going to get killed. Thalia, the whiskey girl has been doing her best to give you space to do your job, even if it hurts her. Now you have to give her space to do her job and trust her that she knows what she's doing. But she's getting hurt. That's her job. Paris didn't return to her boxing stance. Instead, she once again began pacing back and forth, swinging her hands in little circles. So, that's how it's going to be, is it? No. Next time, you won't get back up, he answered. Paris smiled and thought to herself, time to have fun. Paris ran at him. She jumped and kicked him in the chest. He staggered back. He punched at her. She grabbed his wrist and pulled him forward, throwing him off balance. Placing her feet on him, she jumped off of him, pushing him further towards the ground. She landed as he looked in surprise. Her foot flew out and kicked him in the jaw. Then she spun around, kicking him in the shin. His right leg buckled, and he fell onto his hip. She backed away from him to let him get up. What the fuck? God damn it, you can't kick people! I'm sorry. Perhaps you should complain to the referee. Have me disqualified. Oh, I know. Paris addressed the crowd. I cheated. Will someone please ring the bell? Fuck you. He spat as he stood. You are no gentleman. <laughs> You've just noticed that, have you? Paris laughed. Tell you what. Why don't I stand still and give you one free hit? Paris held out her chin, holding her hands behind her back. One punch is all this is going to take. Again, he pulled his fist all the way back. But before he could swing, Paris kicked him in the balls. His swing lost momentum, and he lost his balance. The crowd groaned in sympathy. Paris kicked him in the knee, and he fell, holding himself up by his hands, kneeling on the ground. When you wake up, I want you to remember, if you want a rematch, it'll cost you $100, and I will meet you in the ring. But, if you ever touch Thalia again. There won't be a fight. I will just kill you. Paris pulled her foot back and then kicked him in the head. It snapped back and forth and he fell unconscious. You too, Paris said to the men who had been holding Lewis. Now with their hands still in the air and their guns, holsters, and belts missing. Take your friend home and in the morning get him to a doctor. They turned around to look at Cassandra. She shrugged. Give us back our guns. They demanded. What guns? 
She smiled at them. The ones you took from us. They complained. I don't think you understand what the lady is trying to say. What she's saying is, you didn't bring any guns with you, did you? Philocides asked. No, I guess we didn't. One of them mumbled and stepped back. They both went to pick up the Denver City boxing champion. One of them carried him by his feet, and the other by his armpits. They carefully took him with them, and left the barn. A cheer rose up from the crowd, and the familiar chant of, Whiskey girl! Whiskey girl! filled the rafters. I had a feeling this might happen, Penthesilia said, as she pulled from her pocket Paris's whiskey glass and handed it to Thalia. So, I got this out of her room. Go on, have Alice pour her a good drink and give it to her. Penthesilia took Paris's coat from Thalia. Thank you. Thalia held the glass tight and ran to the bar. She had the glass filled and then took it to Paris. She smiled as she handed it to her, touching her cheek secretly looking for bruises. She knew she'd find them later. Paris raised the glass into the air to the cheers of the audience, then drank it all at once. Thank you. Thank you. But tonight is not about me, and I apologize for having interrupted your fun. The audience laughed. There is still one dance left before we say goodnight, so go ahead, let the band play, find your partner, and dance. I want to see all of you dance. Paris turned to Louis. Thank you, he said. Did you even try to throw your pen at them? Paris put her arm around his shoulder. She leaned on him a little hard. As she smiled at Thalia, Louis laughed at her joke and then asked, Would you like to take my last dance? I would, but I fear I have danced myself out tonight, and I no longer have the energy. Go ahead, finish what you started. Paris pushed him forward to stand in front of Thalia. She turned to walk off the dance floor, heading for the bar. Thalia watched her walk away and noticed she was limping a little. Hide me. Paris asked Alcibi as she moved around behind the bar. Here, sit here. Alcibi pulled out an empty crate that once held bottles of Applejack. She flipped it over and Paris sat on it. Her head was below the counter and Alcibi figured that would probably do. Need another drink, boss? Asked Alcibi. No, my head is spinning as it is. What I need is sleep. Then for the love of God, go get some sleep. I can't. My father always told me never to go to sleep when your head is spinning. Okay, then just keep still. This is the last dance, and then Thalia can patch you up. That sounds like a plan. I know, because I've heard plans before, and that is what they sound like. <laughs> Paris giggled at her joke. Penthesilia stepped up to the bar across from Alcibi. Have you seen the whiskey girl? She asked. Nope, I haven't got a clue where she could be. Alcibi said, but as she did, she pointed to where Paris was hiding. Penthesilia pulled herself up so she could lean over the bar and see Paris sitting on a crate. Well, that looks familiar. She walked around to stand next to her. Anna, how you doing? I don't know. Can you understand what I'm saying? Paris asked without looking up. Yeah, I understood you. Then I will probably be fine. Do you need a doctor? No, I don't think so. But if I pass out, yes, I do. Can you stand? I could, but I don't want to. Okay. You can stay there for now. I will get Thalia for you as soon as she's free. Thalia is never free. She costs a dollar. Paris laughed. 
as she tried to hold back the tears she could feel forming. Naomi bowed just a little as she addressed Florence. Mistress Cook, I trust you've had a pleasant evening? The season is yet to begin, and I think your band of merry men have already set an example that no ball to follow can match. I would love for it to become custom for society balls to end with a street fight. That's what I think they've been missing all this time. A finale. Florence said, as she put away her fan, Naomi was never sure if the woman was being sarcastic or not. But, before you go, I just wanted to tell you that I've been given the duty of acting as the lady for the night. So, if there's anything or anyone you'd like to take home with you, I could arrange it. If you were to go to the brothel, you'll find it closed. All the girls are here, Naomi explained. Really? Florence looked at her husband, who was smiling. I want the whiskey girl. Can you arrange it? I'm so sorry. She is not available. Let's not do this dance again. Just name your price. It's not a matter of money. It's just that the whiskey girl was hurt more than she let on in, and she'll need some time to recover. Oh, that's too bad. Tell me when she's feeling better, and we'll arrange for something... fun. That may still be difficult. She doesn't belong to me. Thalia belongs to you. And she belongs to Thalia, so I'm sure between the two of us we'll think of something. But for tonight, Sarah will do nicely. Paris dreamt. In the dream before her was an enormous train, its whistle blowing without stop. Paris saw that it towered over her, bigger than any train she had ever seen before. It bellowed smoke and steam, and it became hard for her to see it, so she walked closer. She set a hand on the wailing engine. It was made of wood. She shook her head. It didn't make sense that the entire thing was made of wood. The wheels, the track, the engine. A wooden train wouldn't work. But there it was. And the whistle wouldn't stop screaming. It was getting louder and louder. Paris tried to cover her ears, but it did nothing. The screaming just got louder and louder. Paris realized it wasn't the whistle screaming. It was men inside the train, thousands of men screaming their last, stuck and dying inside this wooden monster. Wake up, lover, Paris heard as the train disappeared into the mist. She felt someone touching her cheek. She felt the soft feather of the lightest kiss on her lips. She opened her eyes to see Thalia squatting down before her, kissing her, and holding her head in her hands. Sorry, boss. You said you shouldn't go to sleep, so I got your girl to wake you up. It's okay. You did the right thing, said Paris. Why can't you go to sleep? asked Thalia. I took that blow to the head a little too hard, and until my head stops ringing, I should stay awake. What'll happen if you sleep? Nightmares, for one. And a small chance I don't wake up. Oh! How small of a chance? Well, it hasn't happened yet. That's not reassuring. Just don't let me sleep tonight. I wasn't planning to, Thalia said as she leaned in to kiss Paris. Hey, boss, you should stand up. You're going to want to see this, Alcibi said. Can you help me? Paris asked Thalia. Of course, lover. Thalia smiled and offered her hand. The three of them stood behind the bar. Paris looked out at the dance floor. Only the Amazons remained, and they all gathered around Penthesilia, who stood on the stage. Thank you, everybody. Tonight was a huge success. 
Come by tomorrow, I'll have done the books, and I'll pay you what I owe you. I appreciate everything everyone has given to make this happen. I love you all. The Amazons cheered. But before you go, there's one last thing. Mary, if you'd like. Mary nodded and climbed up onto the stage. I'm not good at speeches, Mary said. And I don't intend to give one now. I just need to ask a question, and I wanted you all to be here when I did. Mary looked out until she found Elone's eyes in the crowd. Elone, I know I've asked you this before, and since then it seems like the world has passed between us, but I was hoping this time your answer might be different. Will you marry me? The crowd parted, turning to look at Elone. She had tears in her eyes, and it took her a moment to speak. Why? It wouldn't be legal. No one will accept it, Elone said softly. Our friends will accept it. I accept it. It's between us and God. It's a promise I want to make to you, if you would accept it from me. Technically, I'm still married to Thomas, Elone answered with her head down. Technically? Valya whispered into Paris's ear. I'm sure she would legally divorce him if she knew where he was. But she can't have him sign papers until he comes back from wherever it is he disappeared to. Paris whispered back. Half-truths are still lies, Valya giggled. Technically, I'm not legally allowed to marry you. Technically, we wouldn't be able to find a minister who would perform the ceremony. Technically, I don't care. I know how I feel about you, and I hope I know how you feel about me. Marry me. I don't know. Marry me. We're not kids anymore. Marry me. It doesn't change anything. Marry me. It it doesn't matter. It does matter. To me. Marry me. Okay. Okay, yes. Elone smiled with tears in her eyes. Mary jumped down from the stage and ran to her. They embraced each other and kissed. Honestly, I thought you would have just said yes. Mary laughed. I'm sorry, I didn't... I'm so sorry I didn't ten years ago, Elone cried. It's okay. You have. You've said yes. And I won't let you take it back. Mary kissed her again. Let's, let's do it now, Elone pleaded. Now? Don't you want to plan it out? Don't you want a dress? This is my best and favorite dress. And you look beautiful. I have waited too long already. I won't wait another day. Let's just do it now. Who will perform the ceremony? asked Mary. We we don't have a minister or a judge, but we have a queen, and the queen can marry people if she wants to. Elone turned to Penthesilia. Me? I've, I've never married anyone before, Penthesilia said. Then we'll be your first. Now, I need a maid of honor. Elone turned, looking around, until she found Paris leaning on the bar. Whiskey girl, will you stand with me? Elone asked yelling across the barn. Of course! Paris yelled back. Stay close. Paris whispered to Thalia as she began to walk around the bar. If you have a maid of honor, then tradition would demand that I have a best man. Mary looked around. Has anyone seen Viper? Mary asked. I'm here. Viper answered. The girls parted to see him standing against the wall. Will you be my best man? Mary smiled at him. He pushed himself off the wall and began to walk forward. 
This man. I think I'm the only man. Felicides <laughs> joked. You're my friend, and I'd like you to stand with me. Uh, of course I will. He took his place at Mary's side. Paris stood behind Alone, Thalia standing next to her. Everyone else, move in close. You're all our bridesmaids, Alone said. Celia, go ahead. All right, I'll give this a shot. Penthesilia cleared her throat and spoke over the crowd. All of us know Alone and Mary. And all of us here give our blessing and our vow that no matter what the world says, these two women are our sisters. And from this day forth, they are married. Penthesilia turned to address Alone directly. Do you, Alone Walker, take this woman to be your wife? I do, Alone said. And do you, Mary Castanero, take this woman to be your wife? I do. Then, as your queen, and by the power vested in me by my mother, who named me Queen of the Amazons, I now pronounce you wives. The brides may kiss. Penthesilia smiled. She felt she did better than she expected. Mary and Alone kissed. Everyone surrounded them, hugging them and congratulating them as they made their way out of the barn. They walked hand in hand to the farmhouse. They locked themselves in the bedroom and didn't come out for three days. Paris set her arm around Thalia's shoulders. They walked together, and Thalia allowed her to lean on her a little heavy, knowing she was holding her up so she could walk steady. If I were to ask you to marry me, would you say yes? Paris whispered. Is that something you're likely to do? Thalia dodged the question. I don't know. Maybe. What would your answer be? We're too young for you to ask such a question. Mary and Alone were our age when Mary asked the first time. And it took them ten years to recover from that mistake. Don't you love me? I love you. But I do not belong to you. I belong to Naomi. And if we were to marry, we would need her blessing. Then we should ask her. You haven't asked me yet, Whiskey Girl. Look, it's late. You're punch drunk. And this isn't the time for this discussion. Ask me again later, but give me time. And... When you do ask me again, ask me honestly, no hypothetical questions. Don't hedge your bet. I do love you, but I have to tell you right now, I don't know how I would answer. Later, then? Paris said. Yeah, later, Thalia agreed. This has been Helen of the Iron Horse, written by Paris Lee. Artwork by Helen Lee. Performed by Helen and Paris. All characters within are fictional and bear no intentional resemblance to anyone living or dead. Except, I guess, for Helen and Paris. See more of our work at edgeoftheworldart.com. If you would like to comment on the show or ask any question, please email us at helenoftheironhorse at gmail.com. The proceeding was made with the love and encouragement of all of our friends at the LA LGBT Center's Trans Lounge. Thank you. Thank you.